Hello and welcome to Transmissions from Tatooine, episode 33, the show that covers all the Star Wars films, TV shows, books, comics and more in no apparent order. I am your host, Ollie, here with our other fantastic hosts, Jayanth. Hey everyone. And today we're going to be talking about the final arc of the Clone Wars and just kind of how amazing it is. Um, so yeah this is transmissions from tatooine coming to your data pairs from well not tatooine actually uh so um yeah as we said in the top today we're going to be talking about the final arc of clone wars and before we go into everything just what are your overall thoughts on this um final arc because, I mean, it's just so terrible and you hated every second of it and it doesn't do any justice to the show, does it? <laughs> I mean, it was, to be honest, it was a great finale to the series. And it, yeah. did, it did kind of round off Ahsoka's character for the meantime. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of interesting because it feels like we get some closure on her character but yeah. then like we know that she's in Rebels and then she's in um like Mandalorian um, yeah she's gonna get her own show hear her getting her own show we hear a voice in Rise of Skywalker which uh some people interpret as she's dead some people uh I I'm not sure because um, there is something in the Rise of Skywalker novelization when they're talking about that, that like one voice felt different to the others. So uh, Ahsoka might be alive. She might not. Um, leave that up to yourselves. I feel like it's possible that Ahsoka is still alive because she was like, you know, 14 when the Clone Wars started. So then she'd be 17 at the end of the Clone Wars then she would be 36 when uh, A New Hope starts. That would mean that three years or four, no, four years on, isn't it? So then four years on from then, what's that? That's going to be 40. And then, she, so she would be quite old. She'd be like 70, 75 in The Rise of Skywalker. But then, you know, we don't yeah. know how. We don't know how to grow to age, um, and then like even if they do age, kind of similarly to humans, most humans are still alive at 75. Uh, like the average lifespan's 85, so still entirely possible that she would be around yeah. then, assuming that you know nothing bad happened to her. Yeah, honestly, I don't know what to make of old Ahsoka Tano, but um, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, I kind of hope she's alive, but I'm, I'm a little bit doubtful. Anyway, um, so do we want to start off um, kind of at the beginning of the arc with... Um, Anakin and Obi-Wan and on Kato Nemoidia. Um, do you want to take this first part? What? Could you repeat that? It was like breaking up. Sorry. Uh, um, the, at the beginning of the arc with Anakin and Obi-Wan on Kato Nemoidia before they get called back to the ship. Ah, yes. The opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um... All the robots and the evil dudes are on the bridge, and they're like, Sex. yes, the separatists. They're they're blasting all the clones and the Jedi, and uh, it's General Kenobi who's in lead of the charge initially. Uh, yeah, it looks like they're losing because they're getting overwhelmed by all the fire you know the firing and everything mm-hmm. and and then we see Anakin come into the picture and, and it's like 
after he joins, the entire battle is just like the Jedi. Yeah, it's over. Uh, so he enters the bridge. He acts like he's gonna surrender to the separatists, but uh, you know, as usual, it was a trick. To, yeah, and he ends up. Um, in case you hadn't figured out by now. It's a spoiler episode. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, after he surrenders, uh, I forgot which drone they needed uh, to kill. Him. Oh, yeah, the tactical drone. Uh, the tactical drone comes out, and then everyone sees it, and then it, it kind of, all the the flying clones is the, what's the special name for that 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 just like clones with jetpacks okay and i don't if know. they have a name i don't know it so leave a comment telling us if you do <laughs> yeah so all these flying dudes come bomb the entire separatists and boom anakin saves the day yeah i just really like seeing you know kind of how big-headed he is um yeah he just says he just tells general kenobi to like stay back yeah but like that is so like their characters in episode three isn't it it's kind of got that same sort of banter feeling about it yeah and then so after that we we need to move on to the bridge um so after they've beaten the separatists, they get called back by Colonel Yularen to the um, the ship, and there's a call from from someone that they should take there on the ship, and it's Ahsoka, and I think uh, um, that it, like Anakin's face when he walks in kind of says it all, doesn't it? Like, what Ahsoka? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's amazing how much expression they can put in that, like, animated character, isn't it? Yeah. And so they, Ahsoka's with Bo-Katan, and they want to kind of team up with the Grand Army of the Republic to um, capture Maul and take back Mandalore. Um, And so they agree to meet in person and discuss it, um and so Ahsoka and um Bo-Katan and the Night Owls they arrive on the ship and um Anakin's kind of you know friendly and wants to catch up with Ahsoka because um you know he he's still her friend and they haven't seen each other in a long time and then uh, like but Ahsoka and Bo-Katan are just you know <laughs> no we need to do this another time wait yeah stuff to do and then so they go on to the bridge and they're like discussing their plans um and um obi-wan is kind of reluctant to get involved because of old treaties um and bo-katan has um this really good um line uh, about um, Satine, um, who obviously Obi-Wan used to love. Um, and uh, so it's like, uh, so, uh, she says, like, I thought she meant something to you. And I find it so interesting here that, because, um, you know, Obi, if Anakin had taken the approach that Obi-Wan had, of he says something like, she did and still does, but I can't allow my feelings to cloud my judgment, I think is what he says. Um, and it's just, you know, so like if Anakin had taken that approach to, you know, falling in love with Padme, the entire Star Wars saga would be so different, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... It, that would be really interesting to see what would have happened if um, Anakin didn't, you know, marry Padme. <laughs> um, 
it would be a very different story. Um, but yeah, um, and then a after that, um, I think the next, so Ahsoka and Anakin do kind of have a moment to talk to each other and they're walking down the corridors of the ship and like all the clones are just saluting Ahsoka um, and like, there's even a mention of they shouldn't salute me anymore, uh, not since I left the Jedi. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, just really, really nice to see. And, and I think Anakin tells her how it doesn't matter to the clones because um, like, I think it's loyalty means everything or something like that. Um, and then so they go into the hangar and there is um, Rex and the 332nd Company and they've all painted their helmets with Ahsoka's markings. Um, so, you know, like orange and then with the kind of diamonds and the lines. Uh, that's a really bad explanation. But anyway, um, and it's kind of interesting because like that's that shows a big mark of respect, but it's almost kind of insubordination, like the Empire would never allow the Stormtroopers to do that, would they? Yeah. And yeah, I, I do just kind of find that um, nice. And then um, Anakin says something like, we've got one more surprise for you. And he's got um, this box and then suddenly alarms blare and um, everyone says uh, like we're going into battle and Ahsoka's like so you so the council approved the mission to Mandalore and um, Obi-Wan's like no no, no um, the Coruscant has been attacked and the Chancellor's been kidnapped so this immediately kind of sets up the time frame of like where it is in relation to episode three so kind of just before and so then you see Ahsoka and Anakin leave uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin leave but uh, just before hang on no so Ahsoka accuses Obi-Wan of like you're abandoning Mandalore um and there's this whole banter of Obi-Wan saying like you're not being fair and Ahsoka's like I'm not trying to be which is you know, another really good line and there are lots of good lines in this arc uh, and then we get on to another interesting point which is Anakin um, having changed the colours of Ahsoka's lightsabers whilst he had them and what do you think about that because um, I do kind of find it interesting that it changed with him having used them. Do you feel like he was kind of adapting the kyber crystals to him? Because I know Dave Filoni talks about how it shows that Anakin kind of tinkered with her lightsabers just like he would every, all the other stuff that he really cared about. Uh, so, you know, like his ships and stuff, he'd all repaint and change the different parts and stuff. Do you, do you think what do you think of that? Do you did you like it? Did you dislike it? Um, uh, I don't really have uh, feelings about that, but it's sort of interesting. Uh, he made it the blue color, you know. His lightsaber yeah. is also blue, yeah. Yeah, uh, I do find it. Uh, uh, I don't have a whole lot of opinion based purely on that fact but it does kind of slightly irritate me because in the Ahsoka novel, they talk about her lightsabers being blue in the scene at the end where they um, bury the dead. Um, and um, obviously they weren't blue. Uh, they No, they were green. They weren't green, if I can talk properly. They, they were blue and so like that just kind of messes with continuity slightly but um yeah. uh, other than that i don't have a huge opinion on it 
And then after that, we go into um, they're flying on the sh um, like so they decide to divide the 501st and promote Rex to commander so that he can lead the division to retake Mandalore. Um, and so Rex and Ahsoka go to Mandalore, excuse me, and they take, um, and, and so they attack and uh, they're flying towards the city and they start getting attacked by the Mandalorians. Um, yeah. And I think you've got this really good scene where they're flying towards the city and being attacked. And so they fly out. And so you've got like the Death Watch under Bo Katan's command and um, the 501st. And they're all flying around as they get towards the city. And um, there's a bit where. Um, Rex has his jetpack and Ahsoka says she doesn't need one and then racy to the surface and there's kind of this really nice montage isn't the right word for it um, but like scene where she's like you know free falling and then running on ships and stuff as they fly um, a kind of at, as they get towards the city um, and then she kind of, uh, as one of the ships crashes into the docks, she kind of jumps off and has a sort of hero shot of um, like holding the two lightsabers and stuff. Um, and then so they get to the city and Ahsoka's got this really kind of nice line of beat you, which ties back to, uh, I think it's in the original Clone Wars movie, there's a bit where they're falling to the surface and they make it into kind of a race, Ahsoka and the clones. And so I think that's kind of quite a nice callback to that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then after that, we have kind of a really good battle scene with the clones attacking Mandalore. And it's kind of amazing just how good the animation is, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying yeah. No. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a, talk a bit? Um, maybe go on to uh, after they've been called down into the tunnels, and then you know, in introducing more. Yeah. So they go down into the tunnels, and the. What what's the red Mandalorians called? Uh, they're kind of moles, moles. Some uh, one moles command. Uh, you know the guy on the throne that they were overthrowing. Uh, yeah, he's Prime Minister Olmec. Yeah, he mentioned something about the syndicate. I thought maybe that's the syndicate. Yeah, mole. Maul has, uh, Maul kind of controls the crime syndicate. You see it in Solo, don't you? Yeah. Right. I haven't so, watched yeah. Solo completely, but uh, I'll take your word for it. You must have seen the scene with, um, you know, Maul and stuff. At the end. I, I haven't. I haven't seen the entire thing. You should. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and then going back to seeing Maul, so, like, they're kind of chased through the tunnels and then Ahsoka sort of gets cornered and then you just hear, like, the metal feet stomping um, as Maul walks into this compound uh, not compound, like a kind of cross-section um, of a load of tunnels. And then he just kind of says, like, I wanted Kenobi, why are you here? Or something along those lines. And he just seems so menacing, doesn't he? Yeah. 
it's like, yeah, it is just, I feel like Maul's become such a good villain, hasn't he? Because he started off in Phantom Menace just kind of looking scary, but not really doing a whole lot. Um, whereas I, I feel like he's kind of through Clone Wars and Rebels gotten to a point where he's a really, really good villain. Yeah. So, um, and then the first episode ends there. So then we go on to the second episode, and I think the first bit I really want to talk about kind of cuts forward a bit to sort of the middly area of the episode. And um, that is um, with, um, there's this bit in the compound with, uh, Olmec, who's been taken prisoner, um, and he um, says that Maul's been kind of going crazy, and he's been talking about this Jedi over and over again, and kind of he then he gets shot by Gar Saxon, who's the leader of kind of Maul's Mandalorians, um, and so. And then kind of as he dies, he tells Ahsoka the Jedi's name and it's Skywalker. He were, you know, you you might have heard of him. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I kind of it's interesting, isn't it, that Maul had sort of predicted all of this when the Jedi couldn't. And do you think it's because Maul kind of knew what, had a feeling that this sort of thing was going to happen or as it's interesting isn't yeah it? he was half of the time he was like why did my master do this to me and then the other half he's just like ah this is why he's doing this so you know yeah <laughs> and then uh yeah so that's um kind of a really a good scene and it kind of obviously gets Ahsoka very worried about Anakin, which is a plot point later on. And then another bit that I feel like we really need to talk about, I'm kind of speeding up a bit here because I am conscious of the time and I've got to go at three o'clock. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, um, so they, um, Jesse gets captured and then tortured for information um and Maul wants to know kind of more about Ahsoka and Anakin and who they are and then it, it's kind of you know it's quite interesting because I feel like Maul really does sort of turn it you're seeing him here kind of taking over the role of kind of the lead evil maniac um which is a role he never really had with Palpatine and kind of, but the difference here is that Palpatine always has all the information, whereas he needs to get it. Um, and is kind of interesting, isn't it? Just to see someone who, who wants to be on Palpatine's level, but clearly just isn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what else is there? So after um, a after Jesse's tortured, um, Maul kind of gives them back. So Ahsoka um, and Bo-Katan talking, and then they walk into the throne room, and um, Maul's just sitting there on the throne super casually um, like he snuck in and then he kind of starts talking to them and he returns Jesse to them and this leads into possibly one of my favourite bits of this arc which is the amazing fight between Ahsoka and Maul and um, I feel like this Ahsoka fight is up there with the Vader one on Malachor at the end of season two of Rebels, isn't it? Like, um, 
just let I feel like yeah, I'm not sure what that is but you know the end of season two of Rebels where Ahsoka fights Darth Vader yeah yeah that's it um wow. oh, okay and I feel like the an and one of the things that I think makes it so good is the actual quality of the animation um because this fight was actually done in real life with motion capture and Maul was done by Ray Park who obviously played Maul in The Phantom Menace um and he's like a really impressive stuntman and oh, I'm assuming people have seen the amazing fight at the end of The Phantom Menace. Um, hopefully by, by the time you're listening to this podcast, you may have seen it, I think. I don't know. Um, and then Ahsoka also is um, motion capture and she's done by Lauren Mary Kim, who also did um, the um, stunts fight for the fight with Ahsoka and um, is it Morgan Elspeth you know in the Ahsoka episode of Mandalorian I think she you know how there's the lightsaber fight between Ahsoka and Elspeth at the end it is Elspeth right her name I Um, think think that's right I apologize if I got that wrong but she does the um, stunts for Elsbeth in that fight um and which is kind of funny because she's played Ahsoka and Ahsoka's enemy um but yeah um and then so they have this amazing an amazing fight and during it Maul's kind of revealing the entire dark side plan about how um Sidious is gonna make Anakin his apprentice and take over the galaxy and stuff and Ahsoka just doesn't believe him and you know it's kind of interesting isn't it and so um yeah and then after that you've got like these absolutely beautiful fight sequences you've got um the clones and the Mandalorians fighting outside and then you've got the lightsaber fight between Ahsoka and Maul which starts in the throne room and then spills out into the city and eventually ends in the rafters doesn't it as Maul's trying to make his getaway um and so they're fighting like on these really small beams and like the rafters at the top of the dome that covers the city um and it's just a beautiful fight like I talked about before and then it ends with um Ahsoka does this really clever move where so Maul's like cut one of the beams so it's starting to fall and then she does this kind of move where she jumps back um and then cuts off the beam where Maul's standing um so that he kind of falls and then she holds them there with the force and then the clones come up and like stun him um and so that's it's it's kind of something that you have to watch a couple of times I think to really get what happens in that final move but it's you know really cool to watch um and so yeah then that kind of ends with them having captured Maul and then it does always make me laugh how the clones just leave Ahsoka standing in the rafters (laughs) no one thinks to get her a ship to take her back down and then so you cut to episode three um not Revenge of the Sith um shattered um and then um so they never address how Ahsoka got down from the rafters. They just cut to her walking out a ship. So presumably the clones came back and picked her up. Um, but yeah, uh, that, oh, I always find that amusing. Um, and then she's Ahsoka's like going along and talking with Bo-Katan, who's really impressed that they captured Maul, who's you know hard to capture um and Ahsoka says something like I learned from the best um including you and 
um, uh, like she's Bogotan has another really good line of um, I think it's I wish I was good at something apart from war um, and it kind of shows doesn't it that like how much the Clone Wars I think war on people because so uh, like Bo-Katan is one of the best fighters in the galaxy it, at least non-Jedi um, or, or Jedi slash Sith um, force user we'll say um, and um, like she's doesn't want to fight anymore and I, I do just you know find that interesting like how because we've never really seen the Clone Wars from that sort of perspective have we of people just being sick of it and wanting it to end like we've seen hints of it but never that in depth and kind of obviously most people would have wanted the war to end but yeah and <laughs> um, yeah, and so then um, they take Maul onto this um, ship in like an, a sort of container box that traps him in and kind of keeps him there. That's a relic uh, from, according to Bo-Katan, when the Mandalorians had need to lock up you force-wielding maniacs, um, which I think that that's another good line, n- not necessarily kind of powerful emotional line um but uh kind of it just shows that ahsoka and bo-katan are really starting to kind of have a a friendship that i think kind of this is the start of their friendship that goes on right through to when you see them in mandalorian um and uh so it's kind of not necessarily a tie-in, but it does kind of link very loosely to the Mandalorian, doesn't it, in that respect? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so what happens after that? So you have... Um, you, um, then there's kind of... Throughout this whole first... Um, half of like shattered it's kind of a very slow but tense build up isn't it and you especially see it when they're on the ship um, and they've got Maul in custody and he's kind of got this breathing which it's almost Vader like isn't it Um, and it's kind of it really makes you feel tense and worried inside Um, and then Ahsoka and Rex have this really kind of nice conversation on the bridge um, where they're talking about how Ahsoka's saying um, that the Jedi are meant to be keepers of the peace, not soldiers, um, but the only thing she's been since she was a Padawan was a soldier. And then um, re- kind of the irony of that and then you've also got Rex, um, who is talking about how, um, kind of in response to what Ahsoka was saying, about how the clones kind of feel odd about the war, because most people wish it never happened, but without it, clones would never have been created. And it is kind of odd to think about, isn't it? Because, like, without without the clone wars the clones would never have been created uh, like if you were one of the clones that would give you a weird feeling wouldn't it like without this disastrous war you wouldn't be alive and yeah it's just kind of nice and then it en- ends with the soap kind of saying uh, you know well then it, at least something good came out of this mess um and, and kind of it's just re- re- a nice sort of closure to then rex goes off to a briefing where um they get order 66 and then ahsoka kind of has a forced vision of kind of what happens with Anakin and the Chancellor um, 
Like, um, again, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch episode three. I'm assuming you do know what happens in episode three. Um, but then the clones go, Ahsoka goes into the briefing room with Rex just as Order 66 that has been kind of executed, uh, not executed yet, but like ordered. Um, and you can see Rex like fighting the inhibitor chip. Um, and he's got like tears streaming down his face as he's got um, these guns. And then he's like shouting uh, like something about fives who that ties into um, the arc in season six of Clone Wars where um, you have that arc with fives kind of discovering the inhibitor chips and trying to uh, kind of work and you see how close they were to working out the Order 66 plot and had things gone differently would Order 66 have been stopped would would Palpatine have um, sort of have been killed by the Jedi um, and the Republic saved and Luke and Leia would have grown up the children of a next senator or you know I don't know do you think Padme would have gone on being a senator or would she have quit I think she would have quit yeah she would yeah, have quit she would maybe, have quit. maybe. Uh, but yeah it's kind of you know just <laughs> I do like thinking about those kind of what-if what scenarios. Uh, but, yeah. Um, and then so um, that, like, Rex kind of tries to shoot shoot her but is trying to fight it at the same time, and that gives Ahsoka kind of enough warning to react in time. Um, and so she defends herself and manages to escape um, but she's on this ship, which is traveling through hyperspace. So she is like trapped on this ship full of clones who need to kill her. Um, and then, um, so she goes to these droids um, called, I think it's like GG Cheap and R7. Um, I think those are their names, um, and um, then so first she asked them to like bring up everything on fives, um, and then she finds that Rex kind of filed a um, like a comment on um, what happened with fives in that arc of Clone Wars. Um, saying that he thinks there might be something up with these inhibitor chips. And that's kind of interesting, isn't it, that Rex had already suspected it, kind of like we talked about earlier with Fives. Um, and then after that, she um, decides to go and capture Rex and remove his inhibitor chip, um, which she um, does capture him and takes him to the medical bay. And then... Um, they the droid can't find the chip and then Ahsoka does this thing where she like um uses the force and says Shira Imwe's line in Rogue One of I'm one with the force and the force is with me I'm one with the force and the force is with me um and excuse me yeah so really kind of it it feels almost slightly odd to have it there doesn't it um, like it's not something we've heard the Jedi really say before, but I wonder if it's there to establish that Ahsoka kind of isn't a Jedi. Um, she's just an incredibly powerful, good Force user, and yeah. Um, and then so they find the chip, but the clones are like trying to break in. Um, and so going into the last episode of Clone Wars ever, um, it kind of starts off the same place the episode ends with the clones trying to get through the door. Um, and they 
um, do eventually um, get through and Ahsoka like at, um, has to try and defend them as Rex's chip is being removed and then like Rex's chip is successfully removed and you kind of see him start to wake up and sort of realize what's going on and then he manages like just as Ahsoka's about to be overwhelmed to shoot them and then you go into the sequence of them fighting their way out of the medical bay um, and you see just how comfortable fighting with each other Ahsoka and Rex are like they almost instinctively move out of the other's way as they like fight together and it kind of just shows how how sort of in sync they are with being able to fight together and so excuse me I really really liked that and then they're kind of on the run when uh, and earlier in the last episode Ahsoka also lets them all out I missed that quite important point um and so to act as a diversion and so Maul, he goes into the hyperdrive room in this episode and he uh, literally rips out the hyperdrive motivators and um, so like rips the ship out of light speed, um, which obviously isn't, isn't the best. <laughs> um, and so the ship's now kind of crashing towards this planet, but in sort of slow motion. Um, and so now this sort of creates a time lock, like they've got to get off before the ship crashes. Um, and so, yeah, then you have, um, so going back to Ahsoka and Rex, they uh, kind of, as the ship kind of falters and falls out of light speed, they like go, you know, what's happening? But they're trying to get to the hangars to get a ship and escape. Um, and so they go to the hangar and they open up the doors to the hangar and they see this sort of moon looming in front of them that they're crashing into. Um, and that's like they realise, oh no, something bad is happening. Um, and so uh, they open up like the doors to the hangar to see the ships and loads of clones led by Jesse run out. Um, and then so that at this point, Ahsoka has this, uh, so Rex is kind of like sad because he doesn't want to have to kill the clones, and but he doesn't see another option. And then Ahsoka has this really, really good bit, um, another possibly one of my favorite bits of the, episode um where she says she's i think the quote quote is you're a good soldier rex and so is every one of those men down there um and they might be wi willing to die just to kill us but i'm not going to be the one who kills them or something along those lines i think i got that slightly wrong um excuse me and I, I do find it interesting because like Ahsoka's unwilling to kill the clones even when something's gone wrong with them whereas Ahsoka uh, like not not Ahsoka Yoda and Obi-Wan um when they invaded the temple they were absolutely willing to kill the clones and that kind of shows the difference between Ahsoka and the other Jedi and kind of it's you know interesting isn't it um just how kind of she acts the way the jedi should um even more than the jedi do uh which is you know ironic since she left um and then so they go down and try to um convince jesse that um it's fine because ahsoka isn't a jedi but jesse's like rex you know that we had explicit orders from darth sidious to kill ahsoka tano um 
And so he says, like, you're in violation of Order 66, you're under arrest and stuff and going to be executed. And then uh, the droids, so Gigi, Cheap and R7, uh, they activate these kind of panels in the floor that, like, drop the clones down. And they sort of, like, it's almost like toy soldiers, really, just them being dropped down and like it's sort of almost comedic in the way that they're just thrown about by these droids um and so maul comes and he steals the shuttle that ahsoka and rex were going to take um and ahsoka tries to stop him using the force and it's very reminiscent of um, in The Rise of Skywalker, where Rey uses the Force to stop the First Order transport and thinks she's killed Chewbacca. Um, and uh, it kind of just shows, I think, how powerful Ahsoka is that she could nearly stop this shit, but then also how powerful Rey is, because she, like, was absolutely able to stop the First Order transport not with ease, but like without too much difficulty. Um, and so I do kind of, you know, find that sort of interesting that um, it sort of paralleled that. And there are lots of parallels in this. Um, like I think we talked about earlier, the parallel to the beginning of Clone Wars with Ahsoka falling. And then there's also a bit later on that again parallels Ahsoka falling this time kind of the joyous fall to Mandalore, um, kind of paralleling that with Ahsoka falling through the atmosphere of the moon as she tries to get in the Y-Wing, which is like a really panicky, scared, fearful moment. Um, so, yeah. Um, and so uh, going back to Maul escapes and then, um, they, so Ahsoka and Rex need to try and escape as well. And so they go down, like Ahsoka uses her lightsabers to cut a perfect circle. Um, I do think the Jedi take classes in circle cutting. Um, but they, yeah, like, that was, Yeah, that was, like, <laughs> but, So they, they fall down um, into the, like, I think it's the repair bay, um, and they find there's this one Y-wing that works, um, and so they try to steal that just as the ship starts to kind of tilt down and everything starts to fall forward. So Rex get Rex makes it to the Y-wing, um, and so he can fly it, but Ahsoka's just kind of she ends up in freefall. And so you have this really quite fearful sequence where Ahsoka's trying to get back into the Y-Wing and Rex is trying to pilot it so she can get to the Y-Wing, but they just can't, um, excuse me. And it is kind of, what's the word for it? I don't want to say interesting again, because I've said that loads of times, but just kind of, you know, shows at, uh, it like nicely parallels, I think we talked about it already, but really nicely parallels um, the beginning of the arc with them landing on Mandalore and then also Ahsoka's kind of introduction to Rex in the movie where she um, like also races into the surface um, free, in free fall. And so Ahsoka um, does make it to the Y-Wing and they kind of fly off as the ship lands and then we sort of get to that's kind of the end of the episode and so they end with kind of this sort of beautiful two minutes that just has like so many desktop wallpapers in it um, and so it starts with kind of this shot that uh, of the crashed Star Destroyer just kind of panning up and then the Y-wing at the end of kind of the point of the ship. Um, and then you see Ahsoka and Rex have um, found all the clones, um, like 
helmets and put them on sticks to mark their graves as kind of a mark of respect, really. And it's kind of this beautiful but tragic and haunting sort of shot um, of, and then it kind of sort of tracks across and ends on Jesse's helmet. Um, and because he's got the quite distinctive one with the Republic, what do you call it, logo. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then so Ahsoka and Re Ahsoka like leaves her lightsabers there, which does um, fit with what happened in um, in thingy um, in the Ahsoka novel. And they leave, and then you kind of get to the very, very end where um, it's like probably months, maybe years later, um, and um, it's snowing on the moon, and um, the Imperials are there, and they've changed to stormtroopers, so it's definitely like months, maybe a, a year, couple of years later and Darth Vader comes to the moon and they find Ahsoka's lightsabers um, and he picks up the lightsaber uh, and turns it on and then it kind of pans up and you see like those owl things that are kind of associated with Ahsoka and you see one of those, uh, I've forgotten their names now, uh, but like those sort of owl-like creatures that are associated with Ahsoka and um, that then you end with a shot that's um, like just beautiful of um, like one of the helmets with Ahsoka's markings on it and then in the uh, like half buried in the snow and in the tea visor you can see Vader walking away that's like the last shot of the Clone Wars and it's beautiful. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that is the Clone Wars. So I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's like, you know, an, an amazing arc. If you haven't seen it, do your best to watch it. Um, even if it's the only bit of Clone Wars you ever get to see. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think we need to wrap up now, don't we? Because it's 3.03, so I do really need to go. So um, yeah. 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 Um, thank you for listening to today's episode. Um, please be sure to follow and subscribe and maybe leave us a five-star rating and review on your favourite podcast host would really help the show. Um, and if you have a friend who you think would like the show, um, please recommend it to them because uh, that's also really helpful to us. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, until next time. We have spoken.